Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Alex Pluto, a third-generation fireman with 14 years of volunteer and career experience. Currently a backstep firefighter on Engine 3 for the District of Columbia Fire Department, in which is first due to the U.S. Capitol. A truck lieutenant on West Lanham Fire Department, Company Number 28 in PG County, and one of the founding members for GRIT Fire Training. Alex believes the term fireman must be earned through hard work, determination, daily drills, experience, and knowledge. With that being said, I present Mr. Alex Pluto. All right. Hey, guys. My name's uh, Alex Pluto. 14, uh, got 14 years in the fire service combined between the volunteer and career side of things. I'm a third generation fireman. Uh, right now, I'm a private with the uh, District of Columbia Fire Fire Department assigned to Engine Company 3 in uh, downtown Washington, D.C., first due to the uh, United States Capitol. I uh, also uh, volunteer in Prince George's County, Maryland, with the West Lanham Hills Volunteer Fire Department Company 28, where I currently serve as the uh, truck company lieutenant. Uh, basically, I got into the fire service, like I said, third generation fireman, grew up around it, don't know anything else other than the fire service. Uh, other than that, uh, with it being in my blood and through my family, it's just what I love to do. I can't imagine doing anything else. Awesome. No, man, you're good. You're good. You're good. So you mentioned third generation fireman. Uh, so your dad, where, where was he at? Uh, my dad was a volunteer here in our hometown of uh, Kennedy Township, right outside of the city of Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania. Okay. Him and my grandfather both both were there. I'm the uh, first generation career fireman in the family, but they volunteered. My dad still volunteers. He's the assistant fire chief there currently still. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. For a first generation career fireman. That's uh, and when you when you were deciding to go down this route. Pittsburgh. Did you try Pittsburgh? You know, just asking. Uh, so for the longest time, Pittsburgh was uh, has residency requirement to even take the applicate or to take the test and get an application. You had to be a city resident. And I've never oh. been a city resident, so I've never actually been able to take the test. But they've recently just changed that. But I'm not going to switch at this point. Too oh, no. Yeah. It's, it's not worth it, in my opinion. No, I don't blame. I don't blame you. I just I just thought I'd ask. Um uh my wife's family is from uh erie pennsylvania so we went to pittsburgh to visit i stopped by one of their fire stations and uh i can't remember what station it was but what threw me for a loop was they were like i think it was a sta- no i don't know if the station had it but i i went to the fire station but then i i saw a base that had a heavy rescue squad so i was asking questions and the ems guy that was there was like yeah we handle all wrecks and everything in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, what about Pittsburgh yeah. fire? He's like, no, nah, they don't do extrication. And I was like, what? Like that is weird. Dynamic. Yeah. Like the fire department doesn't touch the ambulances. The ambulances don't touch the fire trucks. They're completely separate. The rescue squads handled hundred percent by EMS in the city of Pittsburgh. It's, it's an odd, uh, yeah. odd setup. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, definitely. Odd. It's always interesting to hear how, different areas, different jurisdictions do things, but I, I was thrown for a loop. I'm like, they don't go to any, he's like, no, we, we handle electrification. I was like, huh, interesting. 
definitely wouldn't want to <laughs> do that, but all right. Um, so what made you decide to go to DC? Uh, it's funny you ask that. So DC, even from, uh, probably a younger age, I'd say like middle school on was probably one of my, my top dream jobs. And, uh, it's funny because, uh, it was all because of the battalion.tv uh-huh. series. series. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yep, that's where I want to work. And it's ironic because I, I personally have worked with a few of the guys that were filmed on that now. And anytime I see one of them, I always bring it up and be like, you know, you're probably the reason I'm here today. Okay. All right. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. So, uh, I've, I've interviewed, uh, Steven Van S. I'm sure you might know him. Uh, yeah, no, okay. really well. Okay. All right. Uh, so, you know, the 30 engine, they, uh, they, they got it going on, but I know that's not the only engine that has the pride. So with you coming into DC, what, like what was instilled in you? Like, how did they set the tone to go, Hey man, this is how we do things here. This is how it's going to be. If you don't like it, you can find somewhere else. So in comparison with uh, Steven versus where I'm assigned, uh, a lot of guys like to say that there's seven different fire companies in the District of Columbia, you know, between the seven battalions across four shifts. Uh, everyone does their thing a little different. Uh, where I'm currently assigned, three engine is in downtown D.C. It's a lot different than what 30 engines experiencing over on the uh, east side of the city, east of the river. Uh, they're running a lot more. Uh, Box alarms, fires, just a lot more of everything in general. They're significantly busier than we are in downtown. But as far as the pride thing, uh, east of the river with 30 engine, they they have all the pride in the world. Uh, downtown, we have our own form of pride, I think. I think it differs a little bit differently. Uh, and it especially differs between shifts. But at three engine, uh, you know, the guys on my shift, we show up, we come to work, we do our job. Uh Go, try and go home every day mm -hmm. uh, but as far as the pride with that uh, just differing uh like you steven talked about but dc's great like we could do our own thing as far as uh we all have company patches uh so we have our own patch at three engine uh we used to ha have a patch that was titled capital punishment but uh thanks to the upper <laughs> management of the fire department we're not allowed to not allowed to have that anymore back of the wagon used to say capital punishment but I guess we hurt too many feelings because that's the world we live in today, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right about that. But uh, uh, so, yeah, so now it says capital protectors. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so what's what's the three engine running roughly? Three engine is the uh, probably, uh, I'd say we were in the top 10 last year. Uh, I couldn't okay. tell you exactly. I'm not a big numbers guy, unfortunately, but. Okay. Uh, three engine is the equivalent of being beat down with nothing but med locals. If we're being a hundred percent honest, I love where I work. I love the department I work for. Uh, but three engine being downtown, we're just, we're just, we're doing hundreds of med locals a month and a box alarm here and there. Gotcha. And that's fine, man. I mean, like I said, not everywhere can be uh, a 30 engine, a 15 engine, right. 24 engine. So well, Absolutely. I, I love how you embrace that. You're like, I'm gonna be honest with you, we don't run the 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 type of calls that they run, but mm -hmm. you're still running calls, you're still busy. I mean, the fire service, unfortunately, now we're running EMS calls. Uh, yep. a, a shit ton of EMS calls, a lot of them. So uh totally get it. So that was a that was actually a very tough thing for me. 
when I first got appointed there out of the recruit school, like I, I was devastated. I, I wanted to be assigned to East of the river, 30 engine, 32 engine, 25 engine, somewhere like that. The big names that people know, the heavy hitters, the guys that are going to fires every couple of tours. And I got appointed to three engine and I was devastated, but I think it's helped me tremendously in my career develop as a person, not just as a fireman, but, uh, going to a firehouse that's not what you expect to be a firehouse if that makes any sense like I walked in there the first day and not being surrounded by like-minded individuals was very hard for me at first that didn't love the job like I loved the job and uh it taught me a lot about myself it taught me how to work with other people and now I think I've been able to help the guys on my crew love the job a little bit more every day and they helped me learn that sometimes other things in life are more important than the job, if that makes any sense. They yeah, helped me yeah. learn how to take a step back and not just be all about the job 24-7. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you because that's one thing I had to learn with myself and resonate that not everybody that you meet or that you work with is going to love the job the same way you do. And just because they don't doesn't mean that they're – bad of course you have your 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 lazy people but just because someone doesn't breathe live watch youtube a year-end review videos like i do i mean i call it fire porn i every year i'm searching i'm watching different videos if i like it i subscribe to it so i never miss it so i get it but i like how you said that 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 has matured you and helped you grow as a person because i mean honestly there are people that are good at this job, but they just don't live, breathe it and sleep it, you know? Yeah. And it, uh, like I said, it was, it's still a learning experience for me every day. I still learn something new. They still teach me something. I still try and teach them something every day. Okay. And, uh, but it has, like I said, tremendously helped develop myself as a person and as a fireman it, being put in that situation. And I've, like I said, I hated it at first. I hated my first year there. I hated my probation year. You know, sit there, shut up, kid. Don't talk. Stare at the wall. And after probation, I've learned to love it a little bit more. And uh, more so just recently, it seems like everyone in the company across all all four platoons is is all starting to get on the same page. And it's amazing that it just takes one or two people from the company to start doing things around the firehouse, whether it's uh, painting a new painting a new section of hose for the layout pack off the back of the wagon or making new high-rise racks uh, holders or as simple as uh, we, we had a quote war going on on the riding assignment board between uh, my shift number three platoon and number one platoon who we never see each other in the firehouse but we were talking shit to each other back and forth on the board like and uh, so things are on the up and uh, up and rising and up and coming there uh, like I said, I love the guys I work with there. Uh, the company's building a lot more pride right now. Uh, and we're getting more people there to buy in, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. They're buying mm -hmm. into the job. And for anybody listening out there, man, like what are the steps? Because to me, that's the hardest thing to do. That's the hardest thing is to be able to get like for in my department, it would be three shifts at one station to buy in on like loving the job more, taking pride in like the rigs and your station. Like, so what would be, what, what would you say would be the blueprint to, to get that going? 
So for us, I'll just use, I'll keep using us as an example. Yeah, it that's took fine. just a couple guys to start, I don't want to say embarrassed, but basically shit on the rest of the company, not, you know, talking shit to their face or anything, but just doing things around the firehouse, being the first guy to pick up the mop. Uh, people are going to follow along with what you do because they're not going to be that guy that wants to sit there and watch while everyone else is doing something, whether it's in quarters, when you go out and drill, you know, you don't want to be the guy that's sitting on the back step of the wagon watching while everyone else is drilling. So I think really the blueprint for it is, is to just keep doing what you're doing and people are going to buy in with time because over time they're going to want to stop being the one that's not, you know, doing what everyone else is. And that's kind of how it worked at three engine. I'll be honest with you. We got a new Lieutenant on a, on the first platoon. I've kind of turned to him and looked at him as a mentor. I talked to him extremely routine on the phone and just, I was in a bad spot before he came. Like I was saying, I was really down in the dumps. I hated the job. I wanted to leave. Uh, I wanted to leave. I was trying to transfer out of three engine. I couldn't get out. I was just in a bad spot mentally about the job. Like I said, I was ready to quit. I was ready to quit DC fire department and come home permanently. And uh, he came in and uh, he's actually the one that was basically like, what are you doing, dude? You're, you're only hurting yourself. No one's going to buy into what you want. If you're the one that's, you know, showing up to work at six fifty in the morning, not helping cook, not picking up a mop, not washing the wagon with everyone else in the morning. You can't expect them to buy into a program or to the job the way you want them to if you're not bought in anymore. And that that really hit home for me and uh, made me reevaluate what was going on quite a bit of how I handled myself at work, how I carried myself. Uh, I wasn't coming in anymore at 6.50, making a bet at 7.30 in the morning and watching Netflix for the day. <laughs> um, what is it with the whole guys coming in Super early DC. Is it a traffic thing? Uh, that's how I explain it to people. But uh, there's a lot of different answers. If you ask a lot of different people, tradition okay. is one. You take okay. care of the guys before you. Uh, a lot of it is, though, I think is uh, because we get detailed. So every company on paper is overstaffed. And so the extra bodies for the day go and staff, unfortunately, whether it's the shit box being the medic unit or an ambulance somewhere or go ride someone else's wagon for the day or the side of their truck to fill for a vacancy. Uh, so I think that's a, that's a big part of why I just was told that you come in early here and that's what we do. So right. that's what I did. Uh, okay. I thankfully don't have to ride the detail train. I've never been detailed in my life. Uh, three engines, a 50, 50, they call it a 50-50 in-house staffed unit. So uh, I spend, unfortunately, 50% of my time on the wagon, and then the other 50% of the time is the uh, is the part of my job I don't like to talk to people about, but is when I have to ride the medic unit. Okay, I was going to ask, because when you said, when I asked you before we started, if 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 the station is a single piece, you said, yeah, and in my head, oh, like, oh he doesn't have to ride the medic unit. That's awesome. No, unfortunately, it's 50 percent of the time. We just sometimes like to pretend it's not there and not have to tell people that we have to ride the medic okay. unit and do paramedic things occasionally. OK, that's okay. part of the job. I don't like to talk about. I like to uh, think that I'm a fireman that just happens to be a paramedic, unfortunately. OK, OK. So you are you are a paramedic as well. OK. All right. As I, I got a buddy of mine. Um, 
uh, Kendall Wallace, who just went to Petworth engine 24. And so he, I know he has to ride the ambulance and then he rides. So is it, do you guys do it like per pay period or is it just. So between me and the other paramedic that's assigned a three engine, uh, it's up to us how we figure it out because with us being an in-house unit. Uh, so what him and I do is uh, three tours on the medic unit, three tours on the wagon. Okay. And we just rotate back and forth. Okay. But uh, other firehouses, when it's not a 50-50 staffed unit, they ride their wagon until their detail comes up and they, they get a month-long detail to a medic unit somewhere. But during that time, they could get pulled off their wagon at any point based off of the number of hours they've spent on a de- or on a transport unit for that year. So your hours count towards basically like create seniority. So the guy with the least amount of hours is next up to ride. Okay. Okay. So whenever whenever you are detailed to ride the the ambo, how bad are you getting beat in? Uh, medic three is one of the busiest medic units in the city uh did uh last year well over six thousand runs damn mm. uh, i pack a cooler food when it's a medic unit day for me because there's no guarantee we're making it back i bet i bet yeah and and then you hear that across the board from dc it's, just, it's so crushing it baltimore just... uh florida any yeah uh, yeah that's uh yeah mm. But so I don't want to bring up old old wounds. But at one point, DC used to be DCFD, right? Just fire department. And then I think you had a chief by the name of LRB that came, and then it like changed to DCFEMS or something like that. Yeah. So that was uh that was well before my time. I have okay. just shy four years on in in DC, but uh, the old timers still talk about how how that time era or that era was in the fire department. And uh, there's actually quite a bit of articles you can find. There was an article on firehouse magazine about the rise and fall of the DC fire department. And uh, yeah, so technically we still are DC FEMS for DC fire and EMS, but uh, front of the wagon says DCFD back of our shirts say DCFD. Guys still refer to it as DCFD. I don't tell people I work for DC FEMS. I work for the DC fire department. Okay. Okay. Uh, so legally, the name is DC Fems, but you ask ninety nine percent of the guys and girls on the job there, they work for the District of Columbia Fire Department. Gotcha. That just happens to have ambulances. Right. Right. Okay. It's okay. like the redheaded stepchild of the fire service. Anywhere you go. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I could probably count on one hand a fireman that I meet when they do fire and EMS and they're like, Oh yeah, I love being on the, on the ambulance. I mean, that, that doesn't really happen. Unless... Sign them up. They can come work. And, <laughs> they, they want to take the time on the medic unit. Come on, sign them up. Oh man. For them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it, man. I get it. Like I said, DC, when I went down there, it was an experience, man. It was, it was eye opening to see the, the homeless population. And I'm like, damn, we're oh, in the nation's man. capital. Like, so, how? With where three engine is, what you were seeing being right next door to the capital, our, our homeless population in our local alarm area is that that's 90% of our run. So we have the lar- one of the largest homeless shelters in the city, two blocks from the firehouse. Uh, we have union station, a block and a half behind mm-hmm. the firehouse. Uh, 
healthcare facilities in our, our first two nursing homes, everything with it being downtown, that is unfortunately 90% of our runs is the, is the homeless population at downtown DC. And uh, you're, you're right. It, it is crazy. I, uh, I had no idea about it until I got to DC and it is mind blowing. Like you said, it's our firehouse. You step out front of our firehouse and you look and three blocks to the left of the firehouse. If you're facing South, is the rotunda you know the seat of our our nation's capital mm. and the amount of people that are just living below the poverty line on the streets in that area alone i mean it's no skid row like in la county but it it's pretty much damn near up there it, it's mind-blowing and it, it, it's sad it truly is sad yeah no i mean like i said i, I remember walking around because we did a tour me and my wife before we had our daughter and we're just walking and, you know, they have all the museums and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, homeless, 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 homeless. I'm like, this is like crazy to see the homeless population here. Um, yeah. So with that being said, if you're, if you are detailed on the, on a medic unit, like how you guys work 24 hours. So how, how many calls are you pushing? The most I've done in 24 hours on the medic unit was 31 runs. That's my record. Yeah, <laughs> with three in that being three transports to the hospital. Mm. But uh typically on med on the medic unit in 24 hours, if you uh if you run less than 15 during that day, you had a good day. Wow. That's saying a lot. Less than 15. That's a good day. That's that's crazy, man. Kudos. So man, I, I give my hats off to to uh anybody that works at DC. I mean, I, are there any slow houses in DC anymore? I mean, there's a couple up in the 5th Battalion, but uh, they're still, you know, doing over a 1,000 runs a year. Okay. All but right. they're slow for us. But okay. if you look yeah. at everywhere else in the country, they're they're basically right on pace. Right, right. Okay. All right. So with that being said, what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and loving this job, even if you're detailed on the medic unit? <laughs> so I, I thought about this question for quite a bit. Okay. And uh, the first thing that comes into my head is I just remind myself how fortunate and lucky I am to be where I am. Uh, the they used to tell us in the academy every day when we we're you know fucking off and slacking off is you know there's thousands of people that took this test that want to be where you're at. Don't don't throw it away. And it's just that that has resonated with me that you know. Even when the, the day sucks, when I was in the lowest point, you know, in the past four years that I had where I literally I wanted to leave D.C., I, I was done. Uh, I hated it. I kept having to remind myself, you know, there's hundreds, if not thousands of people that would kill to be where I am right now. And I'm having a bad day and I want to throw it all away. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. think that's what keeps me personally invested in the job is that and uh not only just that but i want to i just every day with between what i'm doing with grit and whatnot i want to i want to leave the fire service better than i found it i know that's such a cliche thing to say no. but that's true i like you know back to about me i'm a third generation fireman i have two sons i want both of them to be firemen i want you know i want to keep the pluto name in the fire service but if i'm not going to do anything to make it better then i don't want them in it Oh, I get it. That's, 
I mean, yeah, you're right. A lot of people say it, but it if you listen to what the if you listen to the meaning behind it, it's a hundred percent what you want. You want to make the service better than you found it. You know, like if you come, if you come into work and like the truck is dirty, you want to wash the rig and shine it up. That way for the next shift, they don't have to do as much work. So that's leaving it better than you found it. So I am a hundred percent with that, um, that answer, man. Cause I mean, it, it's, it's, it's real. I mean, there's, there's no other way to say it. it's real. Uh, you mentioned, um, well, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of get back. We'll kind of get to that in a little bit. Um, so you're also a truck lieutenant with Prince George's County. And Prince, uh, George, correct. Prince George's County and D.C., they, you know, they have, they, I think that you guys work together in certain areas of uh, of the county, so, right? So they border the okay. uh, the eastern side and the western Southern Avenue, I'm sorry, not Western. So Eastern Avenue of the District of Columbia and Southern Avenue of D.C., both uh, both of those are the dividing streets that separate D.C. from Maryland. Uh, one side of the streets, Maryland, one side of the streets, D.C. Unfortunately, where I'm at, where I volunteer at in PG County with uh, West Lanham Hills Company 28, uh, we don't really, we're about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes outside of uh, D.C. Uh, none of our boxes really, none of our first two box alarms are, on any of those dividing lines, but there has definitely been some, uh, some problems, some animosity along those, uh, dividing lines. But just recently, a couple of weeks ago, they had a fire. I believe it was, uh, was Eastern Avenue and, uh, PG got there first, but DC's truck got there first. So truck 17 ended up taking the, the first two truck responsibilities, but, uh, it's more so, uh, not as friendly as it should be right, right. that just comes down to a pride thing let's right. be honest if i'm on the if i'm on the if i'm on the dc wagon you know you're not taking my fire and if i'm on the pg wagon you're not taking my fire if i run into that situation it's just the way it is whether i'm a dc fireman or not if i'm on the pg wagon you're not taking it same thing yeah. the other way no, I get it i get it see you don't have to explain it to me because i'm originally from up north so I know I, I want to choose my words carefully because I don't want to like make anyone mad. That's that's not from the north, but the northeastern fire or the northeast fire service in itself is just its own, it's own the, animal. They, it they is have its own culture. I think yes, compared to the rest of the country, not we're not just talking you know east coast versus west coast truck tactics or you know flowing and moving. Don't get me started there, but the northeast in itself just has its own culture of the fire service 100 percent. it's family driven aggressive yeah no i mean you 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 put it better than i could i was trying to articulate because like i said i've been down here i've been i've been in north carolina now for a big um, word. Uh, i don't know hell no uh off of, uh probably i've been down here now a little over 15 years so being up north and coming down here was a little bit of a culture shock and there's nothing wrong with how down south departments operate, but there's just always a difference between how I see the brotherhood up north and the brotherhood down here. Not saying that there's not brotherhood down here, and I don't want people to like get my words misconstrued. The, there is brotherhood down here, but it's just something up north that's different. So with that being said, the pride at Company 28, I mean, who set that tone? Because... 
you guys have the white and green trucks with the green hose and the hose is just neatly packed. I mean, and and that's, that's people always ask like, why are you such a fan of PG? It's because of that, how different companies have different pride, which all correlates back to getting the job done. And 28 goes to plenty of jobs. Yeah. We run our fair share of fires uh, most definitely. But uh, the pride thing, it, it was there for since day one, probably. Uh, the first time I walked in the doors there, it was beat into my head. You know, uh, I think it starts with our probation, how our probation set up. You have a probation manual. Uh, sorry, I'm talking D.C. D.C., we call it the probation manual. At uh, 28, we call it the rookie book. Okay. And just the way, you know, you're not back to the TV. Just all the stuff like that with the with the rookies. But – uh, there, I think it was just set up by the, we call them the old heads, which are the guys, anyone that's been there for any amount of time gets put into that classification. They're an old head. When they yeah. moved on, they're done living at the firehouse. They moved on, had a family. They now become an old head. And a lot of them are on the job uh, elsewhere and whatnot. So they just instilled this foundation that is just I don't want to say generation because it's not a generation thing. It's not, we don't have different generations of West Lanham Hills at, you know, at 28, but from call it group. Cause you know, with the volunteer fire service and livings and whatnot, you go through your waves, you have the same group of guys for four or five years. And then one moves on for a career, for a career job somewhere else. Another one, you know, gets married and starts having kids moves a couple hours away. So the next group comes in. But so I would say from group to group, that that pride has just been instilled you know i remember being a rookie and not packing the 400 foot line right and you come back from a run and it's three o'clock in the morning they're like take that shit off like put it back on until it looks good okay okay now with you having two sons i didn't ask are you married uh so yeah so i have i have quite a a lot of people out there that are going to listen to this are going to be mind blown so i'm married five years to uh, a beautiful wife named Tawny and we have three kids. Uh, I have an eight-year-old son named Liam, five-year-old daughter named Stella. Well, she, she'll be five here in a couple of days and a two-year-old son named Hayden. Uh, we live in Pittsburgh still. Wow. And uh, I commute for work to DC. Uh, we want to move uh-huh. looking constantly, uh-huh. but, uh, so I'll go down for a week, week and a half and live at West Lanham while working in DC on my off days. So it just, I get crushed and ride fire trucks for two straight weeks. Cause my mm-hmm. wife's a saint and stays at home and takes care of the kids. Like you can ask any of my friends, any of the guys that I found a great with any of the guys from 28. Cause they constantly talk to my wife on the phone when I'm on FaceTime, they all, you know, walk past and say, Oh, Hey Ton, how are you? Um, she's a saint. Uh, she, does that because she knows that, you know, I'm not going to leave the job there. Um, it's just unfortunate that the housing market and then COVID happened and whatnot put a right. lot of wrenches into our plan, plans of moving. So we kind of got backed into a corner right now, but she's a huge supporter of what I do. Uh, I want to be able to do, do any of this, whether it was be on the job, volunteer at West Lanham and uh, also do the stuff I do with the guys from Grit if it wasn't for her supporting us a hundred percent. And this is all still new to her. She had, she had no idea what the fire service was till she met. Right. Me. And, right. Uh, she wasn't going to get it out of me. 
No, man, that's 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 wild. But, so but she got into it. What's your commute from Pittsburgh to DC? Uh just shy four hours. Damn. You remind me of uh I don't have the farthest commute. I do not have the farthest commute. Oh, I believe it. I mean, no, I believe uh, that. We have a lieutenant that lives in Scranton, Pennsylvania. That's like a five and a half hour drive. Uh, there's a guy that just got out of the recruit school who lives somewhere up in Ohio and has like an eight hour drive to work. Uh, so I don't have the longest drive. That's crazy. I used and to think I did. And I was like, <laughs> wore it as a badge of honor for, for a little while until one day I was like, well, I'm an idiot that I live this far, but you know, it is yeah. what it is, unfortunately, right now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, guys live all over. I'd say we have more commuters than we do uh, residents that live in the city itself. Well, number one, the the housing market there—it's crazy for what they want for some of these homes. Because my sister-in-law lives in Burke, Virginia, so I remember. You no, know, my wife she works from home, so she's always like. Hey, uh, I'll be like, hey, look, uh, DC's hiring or whoever's hiring. She's like, we can go, we can go. And I'm like, yeah, easy for you to say. But it's crazy how much they want for some of these homes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I live in a on a dead end cul-de-sac, uh, you know, a single family detached home in, in a good school district outside of Pittsburgh. And my house is a quarter of the value of what a row home is in Capitol Hill. Right. It's, a concrete front yard right that like it's just, just it's mind-blowing that's crazy so four hour drive you have four platoons so pretty much every third day you're you're, you're making that commute uh no so like i said i'll stay down there for like a week or two at a time unfortunately oh, uh okay. usually the most the longest is about a week and a half and uh i do trades a lot of guys some guys mm-hmm. on the job frown about it but you know the department allows me to trade my shifts with other people and there's other yeah. guys that commute you know i have a couple steady trade people that i trade shifts with routinely like i should have worked yesterday but i was off because it was my wife's birthday actually but so i work on uh uh thursday so i'll head down wednesday night after dinner and i'll drive to uh west lanham and i'll spend the night there i won't ride i'll just hang out you know go to bed get up for work in the morning and head into work and then when i get off the following morning i'll head back to west lanham for my off days work some overtime in between maybe pay back a trade help a guy out if they need a day off okay. and then uh do that for two sets of off or two cycles off days so what is that eight days okay and then head home okay so I'll like have, i'll have a tour off so then i'll be off for eight days gotcha okay okay so when you when you decide to like work at 28 how like how, i was wondering kind of how does it work like do you just show up and then be like all right i'm here and then with you being the lieutenant like do you just go hey i'm gonna sign myself on this like how, how does that work so Having a sign-up would be awesome, but uh, amongst the guys that routinely are riding the fire truck, we have a great group chat that's okay. full of open communication of, hey, who's here? Okay, who's working tomorrow? Because uh, we have we have a couple. One of the other guys that lives at 28 is, uh, is a D.C. fireman as well. He works the day before me. He's on number two platoon. And uh, just to tell you how this goes full circle with how I was talking about the old heads, his officer at work is actually an old head of 28 who still comes to ride fire trucks with us routinely. And it's, uh, it created a weird dynamic because, uh, at the time I was in the Academy at DC, he was a Sergeant on the job. 
And here's me, a lowly recruit, and I would see him in the hallways at the recruit school, and I, like, want to know what to do because then a week before he was riding the back step of the wagon that I was in charge of at the volunteer firehouse. So it's created quite a weird dynamic to a point, but we've all learned how to navigate it. But so he works the day before me. So we always know that he's coming back when I'm leaving for work, whether it's someone to, you know, be in charge of the company, drive the wagon. Uh, so we're pretty good with that. Uh, guys, when they work, they just put in the group chat like, hey, I'm working. I'm going to have to step off at this time. As long as it's, it doesn't create an issue unless it's going to cause the company to go out of service. So in PG County, the companies go in and out of service. So it's not like your typical, you know, Western PA volunteer fire service that, you know, the, the beeper goes off and the house siren blares and, you right. know, guys run to the firehouse. You're either staffed or you're not staffed. Right. So you pick up the red phone, you put the company in service, or if you don't have the minimum staffing, you pick up the red phone and put the company out of service. So we all try and just work our schedules around each other when I'm down there. The guys understand that, you know, they get me for, you know, a week and a half on my off days and then I'm home and that is what it is. So it, it's a little hard as being a, being a, one of the bosses down there and being a lieutenant that, uh, the guys don't mind it, but sometimes it bothers me where I feel like I'm I'm not fully into it because when I'm home, the last thing I want to do is ride fire trucks and deal with fire department stuff because it's now my time for the wife and kids because they, you know, I don't get that for a week and a half, two weeks. Right. right. No, man, I, that's, that's a, um, your wife is a strong, and I'm sure there's other wives or significant others out there that, that do the same thing, man, but that's, that's major. That's big. Um, yeah. For 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 her to understand that you know that's how much this job means to you, but on the flip side, when you're home, you're home, and you don't want to deal with that fire stuff. So you've got a good balance. I still there. try and go on a fire every once in a while, <laughs> so I'm still technically a volunteer here at home. Oh, um, are you? Actually, okay. my best friend, childhood best friend, we're still best friends to this day. Uh, him and I volunteer here together uh, okay. at Stowe Township. It's uh, another suburb of McKee or of. Uh, Pittsburgh. It's not my hometown. It's the town right next to my hometown. But uh, so my hometown's Kennedy Township. That's where my father volunteers. That's where I started when I was fourteen. But so okay. now I, uh, unfortunately, I volunteer. Not unfortunately. I love the fact I, I volunteer at Stowe, and uh, that is a place that once again, like, it's all about surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. Like we're the uh, we call ourselves the the best in the West because we're the, on the west side of Pittsburgh. Uh, refer the guys the young generation there refers to themselves as the wagon boys like that place is full of pride uh those guys are go-getters uh bidding like you know how people bid on boxes in mm -hmm. pg and uh dc and whatnot uh we instilled that at stowe guys hate it all around this area but you know someone has a fire we get on there and say hey we're staffed with six we'll come if you want those guys just are out there trying to go to fires every day and they do so uh, sometimes Tony, my wife, gets a little upset because they'll uh, they'll go on a fire, and I might sneak out the uh, the garage door once the kids are asleep and go play fireman with uh, with the guys every once in a while. But right. really, when I'm home, the fireman thing's on the back burner unless I'm doing something for grit. Okay, okay. And you keep mentioning that, so I'm sure the people are like, "What is he talking about?" So I'll let you do the uh, the introduction for that. Oof, that's a tough one. So uh, grit fire training LLC is a exactly what it sounds like it's a fire training llc that myself uh well i wasn't the brainchild but uh, a good friend of mine brett greenley brandon chapman and don baird and i all got together one day we've all been friends for years i worked with brett for years as an industrial farm at us steel 
uh, Brandon Chapman's my best friend since childhood. We lived together in South Carolina. We, when we briefly got on the job there, uh, he's a Pittsburgh bureau of fire, uh, fireman. He's assigned a truck engine and truck 17 in Homewood section of Pittsburgh. Don Baird was another childhood friend. Uh, we're all firemen. We're all second generation or greater firemen, which, uh, I'll get back to that. That's a huge part of grit. But, uh, we realized that, uh, just talking one day over beers that there is a problem in the fire service and we we don't think we know everything but we think we know that the problem comes down to training and unrealistic training in the fire service uh the ifsta manual's garbage uh i think the ifsta manual teaches you just enough to get killed but it doesn't actually teach you how to be a fireman it teaches you how to pass a test and how to do a skill without combining any other skills together you know but uh, so we got together, we created this uh, this training LLC uh, that we would say our some people want to, you know, make fun of it, whatever. And uh, we, we caught a lot of flack at first that people saying that we were on a crusade. But at the end of the day, we are we are on a crusade to try and change the fire service from a training standpoint and from a culture standpoint. Uh, we're trying to bring new school tactics with an old school mindset. Um we're very big on the culture and how everything is culture driven for us because every one of our instructors, one of our, our requirements to come help and teach with us is that you have to be at least a second generation fireman because you have to have had that molding from a young age of what this job is about. We think that's important to us. And uh, we, I would say, so our mission statement, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. No, you're good. You're now. good. But uh, our mission statement is is the, uh, to spread firemanship through training. Okay. Um, what topics? I'm sure you probably be, uh, you're probably teaching so, uh, topics. Right now, our, our flagship program is actually, uh, we call it the Fireman Five. And what it is, is it is the five essential skills that we think every fireman should have that separates them from that term firefighter versus fireman when they become proficient at it. I don't know if you noticed that. I don't use the word fireman, firefighter. Uh, I think it's an awful term. Um, people are going to castrate me out in listening to this because, you know, I say fireman, but uh, I get yelled at at work sometimes because I, I say fireman all the time. But I, I think there is a true difference between a firefighter and a fireman. And so this class we developed called the Fireman Five takes that person that's a firefighter and transitions them into a fireman with the five essential skills that they should be proficient at on the fire ground, which starts with SCBA confidence, masking up with their gloves on, knowing how their SCB wor SCBA works in depth, uh, hose line management. So simple minute man with limited staffing. So everything we develop, we base it upon limited staffing because that's the, that's the actual real world. Mm -hmm. That's the way it is. I mean, in Western PA, you're going to a fire and you show up like I've driven a fire engine to a fire by myself before. And you get there and they're like, all right, well, someone else is coming. Like right. it's the real world. So you have a uh, hose line management with limited staffing. Uh, we have a whole section on ladders of, you know, high shoulder loads or high shoulder throws, beam raises, uh, throwing between objects, uh, throwing in alleys with wires, uh, stuff that people aren't actually drilling on when they're going and taking these fire one classes, these firefighter two classes, uh, a VES station and uh, a forcible entry, you know, all single man forcible conventional entry. Okay. And okay. so what happens is, is it's an eight hour day 
and then at the end he brings it all together and we do box alarm drills as competitions between the groups of five so you you go through all the stations in the one group of five with five other individuals so the class is limited to 25 people between five stations and at the end they they all put all five of the skills they learn together into one box alarm drill and it, you know for bragging rights or t-shirts or whatever we have that day for them and uh we've had nothing but success with the class uh we've ran it a uh, couple times now uh get nothing but great feedback um we definitely got shit on from some people but you know that's happened that that's going to happen there's guys in this yeah. area especially western pa uh where we're doing most of this at right now uh since it's something new it's garbage right 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 uh, no. and we have a couple lecture series we do okay. uh, we call it the fireman's fireground which basically is an open platform we kind of use where we uh each one of us that, you know, is the founders, we all kind of have our own little topic that we like to talk about. And it's basically kind of what we're doing, but in a more of a, like a formal classroom setting, but much more laid back. Like we've done it at a bar already, basically where, uh, you know, had a couple drinks uh, and just talked farming stuff with uh, other firemen. Uh, like I said, we each all have our own topic. Um, I like to talk about the latter stuff and uh, we all kind of have our own little it's not a look at me moment, but uh, we all use ourselves and basically bring our mistakes we've had on the fire ground to light for other people to kind of be like, look, we're not perfect. No one's perfect. Uh, I have a whole PowerPoint I developed that basically talks about myself being a terrible engine company officer because I almost killed a lineman a couple of years ago because I put him through the floor on a basement fire, which wasn't actually a basement fire. It was fire trap between a drop ceiling, but I didn't, I didn't identify it correctly on my 360. And I put a 21 year old kid through, through a basement floor, you know? And so it's a play by play with audio and pictures from that incident of like, look, sometimes you, you want to be fast, but you got to take a step back and slow down just a little bit. Hmm. And uh, we have another guy that talks about, uh, he gave himself pneumonia and uh, a lung infection because he thought he was cool cutting a roof without him, without a mask on. Okay. And he has camera footage of it. And it's like, look, I was a fucking idiot. I ended up in the hospital for almost a week. And uh, so that's kind of the fireman's fireground. But uh, our big uh, our big thing we do that we like to do a lot is uh, we call it a company drill. It's a four-hour thing. Uh, you hire us. Tell us how many guys you got or girls. Come to your firehouse. We'll build whatever prop you need. Uh, we got a carpenter on staff. Uh, Chapman's dad's actually a carpenter, so he built us props all the time. We, okay. we used to use them. But uh, – the four hour company drill is the big thing that we actually like doing where we just come to your firehouse and it's just a drill night. Let's just drill. What do you want to learn about? Like we're going to learn right with you. We're not here to, you know, we're not calling ourselves subject matter experts or anything like that. We're just, we're just a bunch of dumb farming that, you know, like doing farming things. And we love sharing what we do with others. Yeah, no, I like it, man. I, I really do. I mean, cause number one, you're humble about it. You, you tell people are free. You're not a subject matter expert. You've made mistakes. You 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 show them the mistakes that you've made through your PowerPoint. I mean, that's humility, man. A lot of people think these these companies. Now, granted, you do have to vouch for some because there are some some individuals out there who start training companies that are doing it for the wrong reasons. But oh, absolutely. And if but, anyone's going to hire anyone, that you got to do your research. I don't care if you hire Grit Fire Training or Joe Schmo's Fireman Fireman Training Days, whatever you want to do. Just vet your people. I mean, there's there's some terrible information that's on the internet that people think is golden because 
some person created a Facebook page and wants to post about it. Right. Right. But the good thing with firemen, like you said, firemen are, are really good at, 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 at smelling bullshit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like you sure. can't, you can't, you can only get so far before somebody starts calling you out or makes a couple calls and then they find out that you're a fraud. So totally hundred percent get it, man. Oh, but I, and I especially like in the backside of things with this whole like training thing and doing this for the last what. This started probably three years ago, but I would say uh, two years really in the public's eyes of, you know, creating a Facebook, Instagram, whatnot. And uh, we got to meet a lot of people uh, and through our sponsorships, because like we have product ambassadorships with uh, Morning Pride, Viking Turnout Gear. We also sell Viking Turnout Gear for them. Uh, Task Force Tips, Kehoe's, you know, these people and these manufacturers that are helping us get off the ground and running and supporting us. And we've got to meet so many people in this industry and different guys and girls that teach all over the country with us as well. And uh, it's funny, like you said, you you see a name and you're like, all right, well, I can call this person. They'll, if they know who they are, then they'll be all right. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Farming can smell bullshit from a mile away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely can. hundred percent sure, man. But that's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, how can anyone get a hold of you if any department or any group wants to get a hold of Gritfire? Uh, Facebook, Gritfire Training LLC on Facebook. Uh, we're constantly posting stuff. Uh, and then on Instagram as well. Uh, I'm not the big social media guy. I just, uh, I just happen to follow and like my own page, but, uh, I don't do much of the posting. Uh, we got other guys for that, but, uh, on Wednesdays also as well, right now, we're starting a thing on uh, Instagram. We've done it the past couple of weeks. We're calling it just the tip. Uh, so Ooh, that's like every it, Wednesday. Like that's All just right. uh, just a quick quick tip. Nothing crazy. Like I said, we're not subject matter experts. Uh, like I wrote one the other week for the guys about uh, about uh, what the heck stairways and how stairways are the biggest bottleneck on the fire ground. Okay. And so each week, someone else from the group, um, we're all rotating through and taking turns writing what we think is just a quick tip. Not even something you have to draw on. It's just something, you know, having having dinner at the firehouse table, you're like, oh, hey, do you see this? Like, do you ever think about that, where you put your door chalk on a door when you chalk a door? Or how do we stop clogging the stairs? Or which way do you use your shelf knife? Just a quick tip. That's all it is. Right, right. Okay, all right. So with that being said, between your volunteer experience, your career experience, and through your LLC what are your ultimate goals? Short, it can be short or long-term. doesn't matter. I said it already. I've said it twice on this, on the show already. And uh, it's the cliche answer. And there's people that are going to think I'm full of shit, but that's all right. But my ultimate end goal is, is I want to leave the fire service better than I found it. Not just for everyone, but specifically for my sons, because like I said, I'm huge about the tradition and the culture of the fire service and keeping that generational thing going in the fire service so if i can leave it better for not only them but everyone else i think i've accomplished what i want to accomplish in the fire service okay uh so my question to you do me you personally do you see yourself forever remaining a backstep no okay no okay. um it's it's a double-sided question so i i will take the promotion exam at work the second I'm eligible, I'll be eligible in 2026. Okay. Uh, I would be eligible in 25, but the, the tests are an even number of years. Um, 
but I might have the wrong motives for it, but they're also a lot of other people on the job that have the wrong motives. Cause in DC, once you promote, you get off the ambulance. And so, so hold on. So I don't agree with it. Like, I don't think that with six years on the job, I should be in charge of the engine company in, in the district of Columbia or in charge of a truck company. But financially, I would love to take the promotion and to get off the medic unit. I would, um, do I think I'll be able to do it? I think I'm going to study, but I don't know until I get, get there if I can do it or not. But that's a problem with the DC fire department is, is we're a very young fire department and it through the ranks, we are very young because people want to get off of the, the transport units. So they take the promotion exam. That's the biggest plus that people see to taking the promotion exam. And there's good and bad to it. Yeah. There's good and bad to it, man. Like, uh, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be an officer. It's with, you know, six and a half, seven years on the job. Like I want to stretch lines and put fires out, but you know, so, I'm going to do what I got to do, but I don't want to spend 20 years on, on the medic unit. Okay. Okay. So my, my question to you is for promotion, can you go from fireman to driver first or, or is it straight from yeah. fireman to Lieutenant? Uh, so when you become the technician, uh, DC is a, uh, is a very traditional aspect with the driver spot. Uh, so you have the technician spot, uh, truck companies have two technicians. The, uh, the truck driver and Tillerman are both uh, a technician spot. Uh, the wagon has one technician per, per shift. So right now at three engine on number three, our shift actually doesn't have a wagon driver. Uh, so we're all rotating through driving with the, and, uh, we're all taking the wagon driver's test on July 8th. So if I pull off taking and passing the wagon driver's test and score the highest, and get the job, I will not have to ride the transport unit anymore. And I could see myself staying in there for quite a few years before promotion. Okay. Okay. All but right. that in itself is a whole nother promotional process, which is mostly handled in-house, like at the beginning. So July 8th, we'll take a area knowledge test in-house. Mm -hmm. I've heard of a little bit of box that. alarms, running routes to box alarms, major right. buildings, short streets, stick maps. And you have to pass that test first before you even go down to the training school and take a whole nother written test on operations and maintenance and stuff, so forth of the piece specific to your piece. And then once you pass that test, then you go outside and have to do a hands-on test before you get the job. So it's, it's a pretty long process. It's a very well sought out after position. Uh, it's highly respected. The, the, the technicians in the DC fire department are tremendous. Um, just the process that any of them have to go to go through, whether it's, you know, drive, being a squad wagon driver, being a wagon driver, truck driver, tillerman, any of that. Uh, there's less technicians than there are officers on the job. Mm -hmm. There's less technicians than there are firemen. So yeah, it's a very well sought after position that carries a lot of respect in itself. Yeah. They set the tone of each company. Now I, that I get because, um, I like that fact because, you know, too many individuals see a driver's position as, oh, I, I, all I do is I drive, I get from point A to point B, I pull some levers and that's it. No, there's a lot more to driving than that. You have, in order to be a, there's a difference between a, a good driver and a great driver. That they, oh, There's no debate in my mind on that because I, I can tell you one thing that i like that dc does is those tests that you mentioned short streets and i i've seen um i've stick seen maps stick maps yeah i've yep. seen how that goes where 
It's just a map. It might have a building here too. And then you have to name what this street is, what this block is, what this. So I know compared to me, where, like where I'm at, when uh, I'm a relief driver. So when I drive and if I don't, if it's not a first due call, hell, sometimes it can be a first due call because they're putting up subdivisions everywhere. So it's kind of hard to get out there and look all the time. Yep. But I get to cheat because my phone goes off. I hit active 911, I populates it, I zoom. Oh, all right, bet I know where I'm going. But let me get, do you have hydrants on your active 911? We do. Yep. We so do. in DC, traditional fire department, we don't have map books. Uh, we have computers. Uh, there's maps on the computer from, mm -hmm. from the dispatch center, but uh, half the time they don't work, whether the computer's working or not. Or you have a filling officer, sergeant that doesn't know the area or whatnot. So the wagon driver or truck driver, whoever's driving, you have to know where you're going. Like, uh, not just where you're going, but where you're laying out from where your FTCs are on your major building. Like I said, three engines in downtown DC. I'm first due to the United States Capitol and God forbid a box comes out at the Capitol. I have to know exactly where I'm going, like right. where I'm going to pick up the hydrant at to lay out to and pick up the FTCs at wherever based off of where it's at in the building. So there's a lot. And, uh, it's tough, man. I love driving. I've got to drive the last couple of tours I've been at work just because we're all preparing for the wagon drivers test. But, uh, I, I absolutely love it. Now, it's have you... Though. It is tough. I, I was going to say, like, so what happens if, like, you, you, you're you going someplace, you get dispatched, and you, like, miss the turn? I know it happens. It happens to everybody out there. And anybody uh, so, says that, that you know, so that hasn't happened tour, is fine. Yeah, it happens to everyone. It's the last tour. So I drove the past two tours I was at work in a row. Okay. Uh, first tour, did great. Ran a couple boxes. Couple med locals, couple local arms, whatnot. Typical day. Didn't blow a single address, you know. Got to uh got to drive the guys there doing a box. Ended up being bullshit, but you know, we went, we sent it, man. Like it was a good time. Mm -hmm. Uh but the next tour I drove and our guy that's our normal regular fill-in wagon driver who's a backstep fireman with me, uh, was there. And he was going to drive for the day because he's technically is, you know, like you guys called a relief driver. It's just our next man up. Right. The senior man is normally the regular driver. And it's hard to put me in the driver's spot being the paramedic because uh, it also sucks because I have to do both duties. So I have to be the paramedic and the driver. So we're going to med local and then I have to sit there and type the report real quick before we pull off. Mm -hmm. But a lot of guys don't like doing it. But I, I'm like, you know what? I get the opportunity to drive. Like, I'll take the extra work for the day, whatever. Right. But so he's on the back step and I kid you not every run. I'm like, shit, where is this? Where is this? And it's regular because I was nervous mm -hmm. because I know he's in the back judging me because one, he was pissed because he just came back from being off for a couple tours. And I already got in there in the morning and I was like, I asked the lieutenant, I kind of shitty move on my part. But I was like, <laughs> hey, Lou, we're taking the test soon. Uh, Ricky gets to drive all the time. You mind if I step up to drive again today? And he's like, is he here? I was like, no. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Put your stuff up. It's like, all right. So he get, got in and was like, I'm not driving today? Like, I, like nah, I got it, man. Like, you just hang out. Right. But so there was a couple addresses where I'm like, shit. But I was too embarrassed to be like, hey, Rick, uh, where's that at, man? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like one of them was a weird block. We went to the unit block at N Street Northwest. And uh, I got us there. But I forgot that it was a one way and that the end of the street, the east side of the street, was blocked with jersey barriers like you couldn't drive through it and so i'm just like 
oh shit like and you just feel like a complete asshole after right. like thankfully it's a med local and not a box alarm but you're just like oh my god like right. i just blew that good thing this wasn't a fire right right no i get it man i mean it's 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 something um do you know um i i call him jaybo he's on he's he's one of the uh, platoon drivers of 15 yeah Bobo. So, yeah Bobo. yeah is, uh, for, so funny he actually was appointed to three engine really he spent time at three engine okay okay so i follow him on on social media man and just like his his level of pride for for yeah. like to me it just sets dc sets the tone with the, the with their technician it's, levels it's funny you say that because the front of 15's wagon says uh set the tone we set the tone yes we set the tone yeah 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 i just i like how like you said you have you have more officers than technicians which just goes to show how hard that process is and i i admire that because like for me if our active now one goes down and we get a call and we don't we don't we've never heard of the street you know we'll ask our dispatch for cross streets but if they give us cross streets that we don't know it's like fuck you know we and, and, and i'm saying this i'm saying this not just me but for the entire fire service that has technology is great, but what happens when it goes down? Because it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when it's going to happen. Right. So man, I love that. I love that. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Let's see here. Uh, So what would you say to a hungry, eager, motivated firefighter who feels like they're surrounded by a complacent or non-existent culture? This is a good one because, like I talked about earlier, I was that person. I was right when I came out of the school. Uh, you just got to hang in there. It, it will get better. And another awesome line someone once told me on the job was, the few years you spend it wherever you're at that you're not having a good time is just a small blip in the larger grand scheme of things. You got 25 years to get that pension. So if you spend three years somewhere you don't like, that's that's not even, you know, it's not even a quarter of the quarter of your career. Mm-hmm. So uh, stay eager, stay focused. You individually can be the person that creates change in that firehouse or creates a new culture within a department um, and just constantly try and find like-minded individuals okay. both inside the company and outside the company and find yourself a mentor. I, I'm a huge proponent of people having mentors in the fire service. You know, mm-hmm. my first mentor was my father, but half the time now when him and I talk about the job, we just argue and get back on each other because we have different viewpoints on the job, but that's just because of where we're at now in life. Right. But uh, he's still one of my biggest mentors, but find yourself a mentor. They'll get you through it. Weather the storm. It will only get better in the long run. This is the greatest job in the world. Don't, don't mess it up. I definitely have no rebuttal there, man. Everything you just said, it was facts right there. Just facts. Uh, last question for you. In your opinion, what do you think? What is one thing, or if you have a couple, that's fine, but what is one thing the American Fire Service can improve on? I've thought about this for since we arranged this, man. And mm-hmm. uh, there's so many places I could go with this, but I think in the grand scheme of things, with the whole training aspect of everything and what I believe in, in what I believe is the culture of the fire service. I think 
that with the American Fire Service, what we need to improve on right now immediately is the level of not not level, but the standards as far as I think that mediocrity is becoming the new standard of the fire service. Uh, I think that we are dropping standards. We are not striving for perfection. I know we're not going to be perfection, perfect or be perfect on every single run, but being just okay is not good enough in my opinion, but being just okay is okay. Now in the American fire service, if that makes any sense, yeah. what I'm trying to articulate, like it's all making sense in my head, but trying to put this problem that I think is a problem into words is quite difficult and to pick the right words, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, you're good. I get it. I, I get it. I get it. Because like, uh, to me, what you're trying to say is, all right, um, most academies are going to teach you what they need to teach you to get your certification. Yeah. But it's a hundred percent different when you're out in the real world. Yep. So, and you know, it's, it's just a checkbox. Hey, as long as subject a meets this checkbox, he's good to go. Meaning no. JPRs, they call them JPR job right. performance requirements. Yes. The fire service is not a checkbox thing. Like I, I understand the checklist and the checkboxes from the command level and whatnot, but to be a fireman at the end of the day, it's a blue collar job. You just got to learn how to do it. And you learn it by experience and learning it from the people before you, uh, a textbook isn't going to teach you how to be a fireman in my opinion. It's going to teach you just enough to get killed. I agree. I agree 100%. And for those listening, I'm not taking away anybody's education because oh, there, there, there's, there's awesome firemen, uh, command staff, chiefs, captains that have the degrees to back it up. But what <laughs> I don't like is where certain departments feel like a degree is higher, puts you over the top than somebody that has the street experience. To me, you cannot mimic street experience with a piece of paper. No. So, so let me ask you a question. Do yeah. you think there's too much college in the fire service? Um, Cause this is the debate we have at great with the guys. Okay. Time. One of our guys uses a quote in his PowerPoint that there is too much college in the fire service and that this is still a blue collar job. And I, it depends on the day of the week. If you ask me what my answer to this is, I see both sides of it. I see both sides, but my answer is going to be this, and I'm going to 100% stand by my answer. To me, it's all about what position is that individual in. If you are a chief officer or a chief of a department, yes. To me, you need to start having the education to balance budgets, know how to articulate yourself, uh, type, type um, emails or budget requests in the professional way. But if you're still on the truck, to me, my limit's going to be, if you're a captain, maybe. But a captain, even if a captain doesn't have a paper degree from a university, he needs to be able to know building construction. He needs to be able to know how to read signs of smoke, the art of reading smoke, things like that, which I'm still learning. So I'm not saying having a degree is the, the, the be-all, known-all, but if you are still on the truck... If you ride a, if you ride the truck to me, no, education doesn't really matter to me because me having a piece of paper doesn't determine if I know how to pull this hose line or not. Right. You no. Know? So that's where, so pretty much my answer is if you're going, if you're going to be battalion chief up, I think, yes, you need to start having some paperwork behind you, some credentials. But if, 
And and if you're on the truck and you still and you have that paperwork still, that's awesome. But to me, a captain shouldn't have to have a a a a master's degree or a bachelor's degree in whatever in order to be a captain. No, as long as the that as long as the officer knows how to size up a building, know what the building's telling him, know what type of building it is, know whatever sit whatever sort of size up that he needs to say, then to me, I'm good with that. That's my answer, and I'm gonna stand by it 100 all day. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think there needs to be college on the fire ground, but I think there needs to be college in the office. Yeah, that absolutely. No, yep. Uh, that, that's 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 how I feel about it too. If if you if you hold some weight, if your title is some sort of chief, whatever behind it, yes, absolutely. But firemen just to me, chiefs need to let firemen be firemen. And I absolutely. saw I saw a, a a meme the other day. Man, it was um the Orange County Chopper. It was the the son and the father, and the father was like something about safety, and then the son rebuttaled, well, in order to, he's like, this job isn't safe, but in order to get better at this job, you have to be able to push the limits of safety in order to know where you can go with it, and I feel like that's one of the biggest problems we have is chiefs who are afraid of letting firemen be firemen, but the only way to get better at this job is to go to fires. You know what I mean? Like if Absolutely. you're, if you're on a department that's fortunate to go to fires, man, that's awesome. And for the, for anyone listening, who's not a fireman, I know you're hearing that like, well, that's terrible. Someone's house burning down. I get it. But the only way firemen get better at this job is to go to fires. Just like the only way a special forces team gets good at doing their job is fighting with the enemy. You know, you, you got to have that balance in order to be great. So that's just how I look at it. Yeah, for sure. And that that's that's absolutely 100% correct. I mean, firemen need to go to fires to become better firemen. But in the same breath, I mean, firemen, being a fireman and doing fireman things is different than being a fireman and doing stupid things. Like when in the whole safety culture that you're, you know, you're talking about, like, I don't, I think there's times and places to do things we do on this job. But uh, I think a lot of people walk that fine line sometimes where they, mm -hmm. you know, they're just out there doing wild ass shit. Yep. And uh, it's unfortunate. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you got to know, and, you know when to, when to do what you do versus when not to do what you do. Right. Right. And those, those farm, because you, you see it every day, you see it every day with social media, people posting videos. I love what blue collar, blue collar. Blue -collar farming, I love what his page is doing. Even though he's asking for, uh, in order to see more, you have to be a, a, a subscriber. But he'll show a snippet of a video, man, and just look at the comments. People are like, oh, it's not safe, blah, blah, blah. Oh, shut, shut up. This job you, isn't safe. You know, right? and it's just like this. You can only safety this job so much. It is right. inherently dangerous. It's written on your damn helmet. It's written in your turnout gear. So you just need to come to terms with if you can educate and train yourself to, to know what you're doing your your chances of survival dramatically go up as long as you're able to read what you know whatever situation is going on uh, that's just how i'm trying to yeah i mean farmers are going to get hurt it is yeah. what it is yeah it's it is what it is job. right but i mean i'm gonna do everything i can to you know keep my guys from getting hurt and right. myself from getting hurt to come home at night but you know what it's unfortunate there there might be that day where that doesn't happen but yeah, I signed up for this job. I know that I knew that going in. My wife knows that like it, it just is what it is. Right. Right. And I, I say, I've stated this before you, when you're getting ready to go to work with a, with a wife and three kids, you don't wake up going, 
man, you know what? Today's going to be my last day on earth. I'm going to go to work and get killed. Nobody, no fireman thinks like that. But like you said, we do have bad apples out there that do some dumb shit where when you watch it, you're like, why the hell are they? They think they're invincible. Right. Right. And those are the ones that that cause issues, that cause the debates. But we're not all like that. In the I was that guy. I was 100% was that guy. And the yeah. fact that you're 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 admitting that just just goes to show how much you've grown already. Yeah, and uh, I see I see it in younger guys too. Constantly, everyone they think they're invincible, but it's just gonna it's gonna take one run. It's gonna take one thing under their belt to really sit home for it. And it's it's about the experience that I had with putting alignment through a floor that really changed. I don't want to say it changed my outlook on the fire service because that's not accurate, mm-hmm. but it changed my my thought process, if that makes any sense. Like yeah. I, I've slowed down. I haven't slowed down physically on the fire ground. I'm still going the same fast pace, aggressiveness, speed, but my brain has definitely slowed down. My thought process has slowed down. I'm more meticulous with making my decisions, especially in that company officer role at West Lanham, mm-hmm. being in that right front seat. You know, it's guys just think they're going to get up there and ride the right front seat. And right. you know, get to talk on the radio and play the siren. I, I look at it as a whole other aspect. Like I'm, I'm not worried about hitting the the cue button on the floor. Can I find the right page in the map book? Like that stuff's all important. Don't get me wrong, but I'm in charge of those guys for that day. I have to answer to if one of them gets hurt or, God forbid, gets killed. Like I'm gonna have to answer for that, and I need to better have a hell of a damn good answer for whatever yeah. we do or whatever we get into that day. No, I like it, man. I, I like how you put in that and, perspective. Uh, people don't don't I don't think they take that role in the especially in the volunteer fire service. Seriously. As serious as they should. And uh I, I don't know. That's a I'm a big advocate of uh of like officer development and whatnot. And uh that's a thing. It's just that role needs to take be taken more serious. You can't just throw anyone up there. But yeah, that's the unfortunate problem with the volunteer fire services. We're yeah. throwing everyone up there. You're right. One day sooner or later, it's going to come back to bite us in the ass. You're right. hundred percent, man. Those two front seats, I think are the most vital. And I'm not taking away from any backstep firemen because you got to have a good fireman to put fires out to mitigate situations. But the two front seats, man, you got guys coming into this job where it's like, Hey, what's your goal? Hey man. Um, I don't really care about these hose lines or knowing how to pull them. I just want to get my class B license and drive this fire truck and, 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 you know, put the lights and sirens on. There's more to it than that. And I, I feel like we're hiring these people who certain people who that's, that's their goal. They just want to be able to say, Hey, I I drive this truck. And there's more to just driving than fucking driving. Like number one, you got to know how to drive because we have people where, and you let them drive. You're like, what are you doing? Like, what kind of code three response is this? Like, this is terrible. Uh, that, and then when they get there and they run into an issue that the book doesn't tell them, or you, cause you know, in order, it, 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 you could teach a monkey how to pump a fire truck, but what happens when something goes wrong with that? How are you able to troubleshoot it? Are you able to listen to what the truck's telling you going, well, damn, I, the book didn't tell me this one, one key thing I like, and I'm sure every department has an apparatus out there. There is a guarantee you there is an apparatus out in someone's fleet where when you put it in pump gear, it doesn't go into pump gear the first time. Make that individual use that truck. Don't let them know that that happens and watch how they fumble it. 
You know what yeah. I mean? So, so many people are so quick to go, I want to drive, but you got to know how to, it's more than just driving is what I'm trying to say. And then when you go to that front right seat, it's more than talking on the radio, more than hitting a cue, whining the air horn. It's being able to go, hey, the, the people riding behind me, I have to take care of them and I got to know what I have to do. So I 100% agree with you on that, man. 100%, 100%. So, um, but no, man, this was great. Uh, I appreciate this conversation. I think we're going like great. maybe an hour and a half, but hey, I don't care. Uh, yeah. I enjoy talking shop, man. So hopefully that anybody listening out there. every minute of it. It's been, it's been good, man. Um, so once again, if, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, uh, it's Grit Fire Training LLC, you said. You're on social media. Uh, yeah. Get get with these guys, man. I mean, it sounds like they're jam up, and they're all, all they want to do is make the fire service better. So, um, Alex, man, I, I appreciate having you on today, man. It's been good. Thank you for having me. It was a, it was a blast. Uh, definitely thankful for this opportunity. Any chance I just get to talk farming stuff with, with the other firemen, um, I'm in. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah. Um, hang on and we'll talk behind the scenes here. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.